0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. My name's Scott Jennison. I'm the Acquisitions Manager here at Streamline Property Buyers in Brisbane, a uh, licensed builder, and uh, look over all the properties for our clients.
0: Yes, welcome back, everybody. Um, it's Melinda Jennison here, director of Streamline Property Buyers, and we are delighted today to welcome David Johnston to our podcast. David heads up Property Planning Australia. Um, welcome to the podcast, David. It's a pleasure to to have you on, especially after all of the you know events of Christmas and and New Year. Uh, we've got this podcast now to. To talk about uh, planning, but before we do, um, tell us a bit about yourself, David, and and how you come to do what you do.
2: Well, look, that that's a that's a long journey, Melinda and Scott. So I'll I'll keep it brief. Um, but yeah, we're down we're down the surf coast at the moment, down at Anglesey, enjoying uh, the beginning of twenty twenty three um, with uh, with the business. Um, so my journey, I started at a, one of the big four banks. Um, had an opportunity to set up the mortgage breaking arm of a small uh, life insurance business in 1999 as a 24-year-old. And, um, yeah, that was an industry no one really knew much about at that point in time. And um, managed to grow that over five years to be a reasonable-sized mortgage breaking business and um, came to the realisation that although my clients wanted to make good mortgage decisions, they actually wanted to um make better property decisions and Mm -hmm. so i started searching to find out where i could send my clients um to make better property decisions because i couldn't really help them and discovered that there basically was nowhere um you Mm -hmm. could go Uh, i found there were a few people called buyers agents uh which you guys (laughs) obviously are and um and then uh, basically started property planning australia um with a buyer's agent in 2004 and then sort of over the last what's it been now you know giving away my age but (laughs) 18 years 18 years later um you know still going and so had buyers agents in house for eight years um you know and the vision was always property planning um you know helping people develop plans for their property decisions set up a financial planning arm you know we're always fee for service with our Buyer's advocacy service. We then were one of the first financial planning businesses to be fee for service. We refunded any investment product related commissions to our clients. So we've always had a strong, sharp focus on being independent. Um, We ran the only university endorsed property education course for a decade uh, with Peter Kalizos, who I do a podcast with, who's also known as the property professor. Um, And then look, over time, I realized I really wanted to focus in on the property planning and the mortgage, the mortgage broking and strategy. And so we stopped doing buyer's advocacy. I also realized if I wanted to property plan properly, you know, we couldn't be biased without, you know, sending people to our in-house buyer's agents who are only buying in Melbourne. And I do think the best buyer's agents are local Um, buyers agents um, you know they know their patch and their area and you can't really be an expert if you don't live there and you're not around the area every day so look over a journey also then sold off the financial planning arm and now you know we just purely focus on property planning and um, mortgage
1: broking So, so David obviously perfect time of the year for people everyone's had Christmas um, it's the time of year when people sort of sit down and go right. Let's let's think about what we're going to do. They all set have those or have probably already set those um, New Year's resolutions as they yes, do, yeah. <laughs> um, and come up with the great ideas to get fit and eat well and you yeah. know stop drinking and all those types of things. But they, that they usually last a week, <laughs> yeah, about a week. But yeah. a longer term goal, which they should probably try and keep, and I think it's fantastic timing. This what we're doing now, um, and thanks again for joining us for it is. Is planning your goals in, in your mm. property. Um, it's yes. obviously not a short term. So as you said, it's not something you want to last a week. I mm. hope. Um, but you want it for years and years to set yourself up in the future. So I think it's a really good time of year for people to sit down. And if they're interested in moving into property and, and investing into property, then get themselves a, some goals and some plans and actually yes. set some sort of structure up. So yeah, can you just tell us, I mean, why do people need to develop goals? Well, look, if, if we don't
2: um, set a goal um, and have a plan for what we want to achieve, we're much less likely to, to achieve it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's um, reams of research and science behind that. So, like, so, firstly, if we want to, you know, get the outcomes we are looking for from life, which obviously we all do, we need to set goals. Um, and then it's about setting SMART goals, um and you know that's that's an acronym, um SMART goals. So it's setting specific goals, measurable goals, um, achievable goals, relevant goals, and um and make sure they're time bound. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And and absolutely critical for property investors. I know in our line of work as buyers agents specializing only in Brisbane, people will reach out to us, especially investors that you know have plans to to purchase an investment property. And of course, one of the things that we ask um, in our fact finding um, session with clients is what are your goals? And I'm so surprised at how many people have committed to purchasing an investment property, but have no goals, have no timeframes, have no specific or measurable um, outcomes that they're trying to achieve. So, What is it? Obviously, this is a business that you um, have been in for many, many years. What do you think is most important for people that they need to consider when they are setting property goals?
2: Look, I guess, you know, there are short term, medium term, and long term. So I I think short term, ultimately, be clear, always be clear on what your next purchase is. Mm, You know, and whether that's six months away or six years away you should always be focusing on getting to the next purchase. Yep. The next purchase is always your most important one, Um, you know, so you want to be making sure you're getting that really right. Mm. Now, the next part is making sure that next purchase fits within your long-term plan. And so, you know, you should be working backwards and go, okay, what's my income goal for retirement, okay? Okay and to it to work that out basically it does it's not that complex it's really looking at okay if i assume i have paid off my mortgages when i'm in retirement um if i assume the kids have finally left the house
0: <laughs> finally
2: <laughs> happens paying,
0: one day i'm told <laughs> yeah,
2: paying for themselves um then what are my living expenses you know how do i th- that's really what you're looking at what what do I need to cover my lifestyle? And that that basically should be your income goal. Then you can actually work out, okay, well, how much property in today's dollars do I need to own to get a yield to equal my income goal? Mm. That's if you're just looking at property, obviously you can bring your super into the picture, you know, if you invest in shares, but that's, that's the simple way to set a in, long-term goal and then, you know, where does the next purchase fit into that and what and obviously within the property plan, how many other purchases are there along the journey? And ideally you've set a year for achieving each of
1: those purchases along the journey. I, I just want to throw a different one at you. A little this is probably a little bit off that, a little bit, but still on online, I guess, David is and I like the way you said work backwards when you were talking about that, looking at that exit strategy and then working backwards from it. And I had a call um, just recently, and you've probably heard this a thousand times, from, from someone that rang us and talked to us and, and he said, I want to buy 10 properties in 10 years. Mm. Yeah, you said the same thing as what I did. Right. I went, mm, yeah. <laughs> and it's just interesting that people don't have that next, as you said, the next property and then the next one and the exit strategy and, the, and working backwards. Mm. They've got this vision of I want to buy 10 in 10 years. Yeah.
0: Quantity.
1: Mm. Quantity over qu- quality. Yeah,
2: look, I think it's easy to say. And that's, and people like our natural, human's natural instinct is what is the easiest way to get from A to B? And, you know, thousands of years before we had all the luxuries we have around us, that was important. Um, But, you know, it gets in our way so often. And, you know, like being in the property industry for a long time, how many people come to you and say that type of thing? I own 10 properties, five properties, five
1: in five years, you know? Yeah. And, you, and them, you want to be—you want to have ten lots of tenants to take care of as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I almost—I
0: um, call them lazy goals because you know, whilst that's a statement, is it factually a goal? Because I don't think it ever is. I don't think mm. that people that you know make those statements are have actually really considered what they are truly trying to achieve. And of course, that's why businesses like yours and ours exist because it's really helping people to understand what they may not already know. And that's why people pay for professional services. I like the fact that you mentioned that, you know, one of the most important short-term goals for a property investor is to think about the next purchase. I absolutely love it when I'm sitting in front of a first-time property buyer, because I know if you can influence or if you can make a fantastic selection with that very first asset that you add into your portfolio, it can really fast track everything else that you do. The alternative is when we're sitting down with um, investors and they may have already one or two within their portfolio and sometimes we see the assets that they've selected are actually assets that are holding them back. And I think it leads into that conversation around the importance of understanding the right type of assets, for the individual because yep. property investing is not a one size fits all, should never be, but sometimes it is spruced to be exactly that. What What's your opinion around, you know, tailoring that investment advice for the individual?
2: Well, you know, um, you absolutely need to tailor it to the individual. And, you know, we've both built businesses around doing that. I mean, look, everyone's situation's is different. Um, you know, we have different goals. Uh, we're at different ages. We have different risk profiles. Uh, we have different living expenses, incomes. You know, we've had kids. We yet to have kids. Like yeah. So we're we're all There's different. So many yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to really tailor it to the individual um, or the couple, and and work backwards from there. And ultimately, when you get down to that last point, it is. What price point is right for them? Yes. And then after that, once you've you've got to that point, you know, within their overall situation, then it's about selecting the right, you know, the best asset and location for that
1: that couple or individual. Mm. Even the risk appetite, um, David. And we talk to this. I mean, I'm obviously a licensed builder. Um, so for our clients that work with us here at Streamline, we can assist with, and this is that risk appetite that we talk about. Is yeah you know, do you want to buy a property that is rent ready and you don't want to do any work to it? Or do you want to add a little bit of value, manufacture equity or yeah. and it's just improve the property slightly? Or do you mm. want to do a big renovation? What, what is that risk appetite? Because yeah. as you say, everyone's different. Mm. And some people are just too scared to do that type of thing. Yeah. Um, others love doing it. And we can, you know, we help with that sort of thing with our right. clients as well. So um, it does, it's a very individual, the way that people should think. Yeah. And the way they should invest as well.
2: Yeah, and look, and one of the reasons the one-size-fits-all strategy exists is because it's easier for a business to operate that way. Yeah, mm, It's much easier to set up processes and systems and do the same thing over and over and over. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not in the best interest of the buyer or consumer.
0: And I think, you know, you've touched on it already. There's so many different people at different income levels, with different goals, with different perceptions of what retirement looks like and different timeframes. And so, you know, rightly you pointed out, working backwards is, is the most important thing. So a big takeaway for listeners today is really have an understanding of what is it you're trying to achieve, when is it you're wanting to achieve that outcome, and then Working backwards from there, what is the logical next step that you need to take as a property investor to help you get there? And that's that's part of that planning process. You break it down into logical next steps. Yeah. Um, at the start of the year, you know, perhaps an annual checkpoint time for investors. I know, you know, a lot of people may have a plan in place. Maybe it's a written plan. Maybe it's not so written, but you know, it, they understand that their intent was to purchase. You know, at a particular point in time, life throws curveballs. Sometimes, you know, unexpected children um, pop up. Sometimes we plan for children, it doesn't happen. Sometimes there's a world pandemic, who would have thought? <laughs> so life throws curveballs. Um, and therefore, as an investor, it's important to be able to pivot and adapt. Um, what should investors do each year to assist in that process?
2: Well, look, I think there's a number of things you can do um, each year to reevaluate how you're tracking towards your goals and ultimately your long-term property plan, you know, retirement goals. So, you know, you look at, okay, what are some of the most things we can control the most? So firstly, it's our savings, you know, how are we going with our savings? Are we on track there? You know, review the living expenses. Is there anywhere we can cut back? You know, normally there is. Um, Particularly good time to review them after um, the gluttony of Christmas yeah. and <laughs> Um, So, any, what what can we cut back over the next twelve months? Um, also, you know, I'm a big believer in um, spent, You know, can we spend more on the things we really love doing in our life if we cut back? You know, life's for living and and enjoying. So, um, but you know, so savings, um, living expenses. Then you know, review each individual property. How's it tracking? against its goals, you know, capital growth, rental yield. um, You know, ideally you're looking, you know, there is a risk that particularly with property, which, you know, moves over a slow period of time and people can jump at shadows, um, you know, and you've got to measure it against what's been happening in the cycle. Um, And ideally, if you can find a sale that's, you know, further back even before from when you purchased it, you get a better guide of the long-term return of the yeah. asset that you own. And so because ultimately, yeah, as you guys know, I mean, if you get all these things right, particularly the asset selection before buying, you know, you really should be able to set and forget. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And I think it's a good point that you raise. I mean, you talk about, you know, reviewing the savings, expenses, reviewing the property itself, um, perhaps perhaps Assessing its value based on the equity position to understand, you know, if there is some equity that can be used, you know, sooner than, yes. what, you know, you may have planned, but yeah. also assessing the finance setup, you know, if you are an interest only lending, obviously reviewing that, um, yeah. is that still the appropriate, you know, loan type for you, there's so many things that go into that. And I know your business is excellent at providing not just mortgage broking that mortgage strategy, especially for investors. And if you don't yet understand, um, you know, the intricacies of mortgage strategy versus just taking out a mortgage, I suggest you get in touch with David and and Property Planning Australia because they will really help you understand that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned also tracking that property against the goals or, or the projections, and I think that's a really um, valid point to raise because there's so much media hype you know markets in property are either overpriced and about to bust or they they are falling and it's catastrophic i mean there's only two two media messages that are reported when it comes to a property market and that's regardless of what's actually happening in the market it's either a boom market and no one can afford to pay or it's a bust market and no one can afford to hold so i guess the focus is on on just maintaining focus and not being distracted by the noise
2: 100 yeah. percent, yeah and you know i'm a believer in helping people buy as few properties as possible to achieve their goals and yeah. i think for most people you know you only need to own two to five mm-hmm. in reality and um you can have a great um retirement lifestyle you know the, unfortunately yeah. most people retire at something like eight or more out of ten mm-hmm. Retire owning one property, which is usually a home, or no properties. So you know you're in the top 20 percent or less if you own two or more properties at retirement. So um, yeah, really um, keeping it simple. The reality is for most people we're only making if we're our working life is say 40 years, um, we might only be making one property decision every decade for most people. So you know get that decision right. Take your time um yeah and yeah don't watch the media
1: cycle uh, and all the extremism so obviously when we were talking i was just going to talk about pitfalls and obviously the media is probably a pitfall to start (laughs) with or listening to the media um what are the sort of things you think people should be aware of when when they start to look at property like through property spruikers and things like that what are some of the pitfalls that you sort of see well, look, you know, uh, at
2: the end of the day, if you want to get independent, impartial advice, you need to pay for it. Mm. And the spruikers, um, they get commissions. They're ultimately, um, you know, ha- hammed-up real estate agents trying to look like property advisors. Mm. And um, you know, if it if it seems too good to be true, then Improbably
0: it usually is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> And for yeah. those that may not know what that looks like, perhaps there's an invitation to a seminar that, um, you know, they, they talk about these huge growth corridors where there's um, hundreds of new units or, or mm. house and land packages being constructed and the way it is presented in the marketing language that's used can sound very enticing. Yeah. Um, the fact is generally it is one of those one-size-fits-all approaches and, you know, Quite often, through our own experiences, speaking to hundreds of property buyers that come to use our services, people can get stung, and years later, you can still be in a negative equity position if you've purchased the wrong asset in the wrong area, based off a marketing um, or based off marketing hype, as opposed to tailored and structured advice. So, you're spot on. If, if you're not paying for the advice that you're getting, that's the first red flag. Yeah, um, right. And secondly, you know, understand who's giving the advice. Is, is it a salesperson in a suit or is it yeah. someone that's qualified to give that advice? And, of course, there's many ways to determine, you know, the difference.
2: Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, if you're not paying a fee, they're probably not independent.
0: Correct. Yeah. 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 Now, diversification. Obviously, you pointed out earlier, you had a number of buyers agents in-house. Um, however, you know, that model has has changed over the years because those buyers agents were only based in Melbourne. Obviously, different locations around Australia, capital cities, regional areas, provide different types of opportunities for different investors. The importance of diversification, can you just talk um, a little bit about that for us, David?
2: Yeah, look, at the end of the day, um, diversification can help you, manage different property cycles. Um, you know, you, you can have different cycles occur in the same city, in different parts of the city, wow. um, through different types of properties in the same city. So you, you can buy, you know, you can get diversification just in Brisbane um, through purchasing different types of properties um, in different parts of the city. Um, so that's one way you can get diversification. Then obviously you can get even more diversification by purchasing in different states. Um, and also that can subject to the, where you own your properties and how many you own, that can help also minimise land tax and, you know, the ability to manage property cycles because certainly, you know, capital cities and states do more often, you know, run it different, on different cycles. Um, so, yeah, diversification obviously, you know, provides some benefits, you um, yeah, for for investors,
0: de-risking, and I love the point that you've made there. In that, you know, diversification is not just location diversification, and you know, it's something that personally Scott and I um, very heavily um, invested in southeast Queensland. But we've brought diversification into our own portfolio through different product types, looking at commercial, industrial, residential, through different strategies such as set and forget, renovate, redevelop. And so it's important for people to understand the difference. And this ties right back to what we were talking about at the beginning. If you have the risk appetite for higher risk strategies um, and also, you know, the financial capacity to be able to do some other types of strategies, it all comes back to the plan. What are you trying to achieve? How can we set the goals in place to ensure that we're going to get the outcomes that we're looking for? So I think it all ties in nicely Um, because diversification should be part of the plan so that you know that you're not going to put all of your money in, in, you know, one pocket of a city, for example, which could be more prone to market cycles.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to finance um, strategy, David, what sort of things, I mean, obviously when it's, we've talked about looking at different properties and different strategies and, and, and properties to buy, what about the finance side? When people are looking to finance, obviously you guys help with that sort of thing. What sort of strategies are involved in that? Yeah, look, I could talk for a long
2: time on this topic, <laughs>
1: <too>. <laughs> but um, I'll just keep it
2: short. Look, there, there, there. You know, you can optimize your tax deductions, um, preserve tax deductions. Like if you have a plan that your current home is a stepping stone home, this is a big one, um, and it's not your long term home, but you'd like to keep it. Um, you know, pres- a strategy, mortgage strategy for preserving your tax deductions there is um, something you can do. So this is, you know, considering do I pay interest only because down the track, you know, we'll be tax deductible and I want to preserve my deductions. That'll mean, for example, that I'll have more cash in my offset account to go towards my future home. So I'll borrow less for my future home and also then I'll get greater tax deductions on my current home. So it can be counterintuitive, often mortgage strategy. You know, we're certainly taught to pay down our debt as rapidly, as rapidly as we can, you know, we're by our parents when we're growing up, and that certainly makes sense. But because we have offset accounts in Australia and most countries don't, they're an amazing tool to be able to use to really optimise and preserve tax deductions. You know, I think your mortgage should be a big part of your risk management strategy. Ultimately, your debts are your biggest risk. Um, so, you know, put, keeping in place equity, Keeping in place as, you know, significant amount of savings in in offset accounts and building up buffers. Um, you can also look at fixing part of your debt as well to hedge against interest rate rises. Um, you know, so it actually should be a big part of your risk management strategy. For most people, our biggest risk is our debt,
0: and it's a. Excellent point. And I think we could do a whole podcast just talking about mortgage strategy. And perhaps we'll we'll lock that in with you at some stage in the future, David, because I know how passionate you are about this area. I can honestly say in the strategy sessions that we run with our business, the biggest aha moments is when we talk about Um, the way you structure finance and the impact that that can have. Now, of course, we can't give advice on that. That's when we would refer to a strategic mortgage broker. But we can certainly help people understand because if we can see that there's a high level of personal debt um, and then we're taking out an investment loan, even just the tax implications of different structures can really make a difference. They are the biggest aha moments that I generally get from property investors and the most important thing, it comes back to setting that plan in place up front because once you've got your mortgage, sometimes it's difficult to change that um, into a more tax effective structure, especially as you say, if you're 10 years down the track um, and you've had something set up in a particular way, perhaps the mortgage broker is just focused on the lowest interest rate as opposed to what you're planning to do in the future. So it all comes back to understanding the purpose of what you're buying, is it a forever home or is it purely an investment? Will it become an investment at some point? Because everything that you buy, whether it's a home or an investment, goes into that long-term plan, right?
2: 100%. And your mortgage strategy should align with your property plan. Yes. And, you know, if you don't set up your mortgages in the right way from the start, you're, you're potentially going to be losing, you know, tax deductions that you can never get back, yep. you know? And so that can make a huge difference. And look, if your mortgage strategy allows you just to, for example, hold one extra property that you wouldn't have otherwise, that that can be the yeah, that could be a million dollars, you know, of asset value at retirement for you. So um,
1: yeah, it um, yeah, it can make a big difference. David, obviously, negatives, positives, any big mistakes that you sort of that stick out that you see people have have done or, or do probably do, probably regularly, any sort of big mistakes that really stick out to you? Yeah, look, I
2: think the most common one is um, having to sell properties that they could have otherwise held. Mm-hmm. And, look, that really does boil down to mortgage strategy and property planning. Um, yeah, I think I've seen that more often than people buying dud properties, to be honest. Yeah. So I think it's not as spoken about, you know, it's spoken a lot about buying poor properties which is great but it actually is you know selling properties people otherwise could have held if they had the right mortgage strategy and property planning in place or just you know rode out the bumps of life
1: and cycles so so david on a on a positive then because we love um, helping out clients and getting the success stories and talking to them whether it's one year two years down the track and, and seeing that positive i mean obviously if you, you you would keep in contact you'd regularly update plans with people, nothing better than the success story, I guess.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, watching your clients um, go through life's journey, build up, you know, significant equity, property portfolios, you know, having been around for a while now, seen some transition successfully into retirement. Um, Yeah, so, and again, you know, I think you don't need to make too many property decisions. um, Yeah. yeah, Just need to
0: make the good ones.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And make some...
0: yeah. And that's true. And make some actually, um, you know, take that that first step. David, obviously, um, if people want to reach out to you to reach out to Property Planning Australia, and we will put the, the contact details in the show notes, but what's the best way for people to get in contact with you?
2: Yeah, look, the best way is just uh, to go to our website, propertyplanning.com.au um, directly on there. You know, can have a read a bit about who we are and what we do. But you can also book directly um, a meeting with one of our property planners or strategic mortgage brokers from the website. Um, you can also download my ebook, um, How to Succeed with Property uh, to Create Your Ideal Lifestyle. Um, purchase my book, Property for Life Using Plan to Property, uh, property to Plan Your Financial Future. Um, we've got a phone number, 1300 896 045. You can email info at propertyplanning.com.au. Finally, um, they can download my, our podcast that I do with uh, Kate Bakos and Peter Kalizos, uh, the property planner, buyer, and
0: professor. And I am a, a listener, I must admit. I love podcasts. I'm a podcast addict, and, and I do enjoy your podcast just as much as um, and many others um, around property and property investing throughout Australia, Um, I encourage people to reach out, have a look at the website for Property Planning Australia. There's actually a lot of free resources available that will teach a lot of people the basics, even if you don't feel like you need, um, you know, to, to engage in the full service. And, you know, like us, you know, thank you for your contribution to teaching people in the industry, David, because it really does help people to understand and get... Um, more clear about what they're hoping to achieve. And we really appreciate you coming onto the podcast today to help people understand what those steps um, need to be when when setting some goals up front and planning for what you're trying to achieve in an overall investment portfolio.
1: Yeah, Dave, thank you very much for coming. I, look, I, I think a very short snippet out of that for people, and I think, I think people will get a lot out of it. And we'd love to have another chat with you, by the way, in the future. Um, set your goals. And it's a good time of year, as we said, set your goals, get a plan and stick to it. Um, that, that's Keep it simple and yeah. just stick to that plan when it comes to investing in property. Great summary.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, keep it simple and, um, you know, uh, stay focused and, yeah, don't set too many goals um, yeah. because you can lose focus. So, yeah, thanks very much for having me, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure and, yeah, you guys are doing a great job with your podcast and business as well. So, yeah, keep it up.
1: Thanks, David. Well, look, um, as I say, great talking. Hope that's been useful for everyone. Um, some information there. Reach out to these guys at Property Planning Australia if you if you want to have a chat and set yourself some goals. Um, as usual, I will let Melinda wrap it up and um, we'll talk again next week. Thanks very much and bye for now.
0: Yes, thanks for joining us again on the Brisbane Property Podcast. I'm sure you'll agree it's been a really useful episode and certainly a great episode to start off the year of 2023. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode please don't forget to share it with your friends and family we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes Um, but as always enjoy your week and we will be in touch again soon bye for now thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is generally nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, tell your friends about us.